Greetings and welcome to Unsupervised Learning. I'm Daniel Miesler, and this show provides content curation as a service with a focus on the intersection of security, technology, and humans. I spend between 5 and 20 hours a week consuming books, articles, and podcasts, and each episode is either a curated summary of what I've discovered in the past week or a standalone essay that hopefully gives you something to think about. All right, welcome to episode 188. Just a reminder, the podcast does come out every single week now. I was doing it every other week, but uh, doing it every single week now. The only difference is you won't get the newsletter, which is also the show notes if you're not a member, but podcast, the audio, every single week. So uh, security news, Marcus Hutchins got off with time served and people have feelings about this. Of course, he's the one who found the kill switch for the, uh, the big piece of malware that was out there. He registered the domain that had the kill switch and it basically stopped it from spreading and he became kind of an internet hero for that. And um, then he got prosecuted. He got, he got charged basically two years ago and he's been kind of in limbo since then. And uh, the range of what people think should happen here goes basically from like he did nothing wrong and he should never have been charged all the way to he should rot in prison. I think this mix of what actually happened is pretty much perfect. He went through two years of hell, right, to get to this point already. He's still a convicted felon. And because of that, he's largely banned from the U.S. So it's not like he got off with nothing. So I I think it's good that he admitted guilt, which he didn't do at first. He faced consequences. And he's being offered a chance to continue doing good things for the community, which he's been doing for a couple of years now. He's teaching people how to reverse engineer. He's helping combat malware all over the place. Like, I, I think this is good for him and for, you know, the world as a whole. Attorney General Barr said recently that companies should put backdoors into their products that bypass encryption. He said if, if companies don't do this voluntarily, then the government's going to pass laws that force them to do so. I think this is unspeakably stupid. Without even getting into the philosophy of like, whether the internet can be, is basically a host now of a private conversation, which you actually need a warrant to be part of, right? You have to update these laws and these concepts based on technology, right? You, you can't bug someone inside their home because it's illegal. You, ha- you have to get a warrant for that. Well, what's the difference between having a long distance conversation that's very similar to that? I'm not sure there is one. But anyway, putting that aside as philosophy, I think we need to ask, ask the question of why should we force people to put backdoors in when we know that the companies that create them or the organizations that create them can be compromised and those backdoors can be used by the attackers. And that's the current situation we have right now. Like if the NSA can be hacked, everyone can be hacked. Equifax is offering people $125 in reparations for them losing all of your data. That's nice, $125. But to get this $125, you have to log in and give a bunch of data about yourself. It's absolutely hilarious. They made money offering credit protection after the breach. And now they're going to collect updated information on anyone who wants to collect $125. This is ridiculous. To me, it's like almost like if you log in and tag your data and add to it, it's almost like they can charge more for it because it's been updated. And it's going to be definitely worth more than $125 for them to get this fresh data for you. I mean, I don't know that for sure, but that seems logical. 
on Twitter, I called this a sadder and more permanent form of giving plasma. Louisiana's governors declared a state of emergency due to ransomware in three school districts, a state emergency due to cyber stuff. This is noteworthy, I think. The New York Times is planning a blockchain-based system for tracking media metadata in order to combat misinformation. The NSA is launching a new defensive division with a mission of defending our infrastructure against foreign state actors. It launches on October 1st. Um, I think they should partner with Stamos's Internet Observatory Project, which is like um, trying to get the data from all the major social media companies and just uh, observe it for signs of, of foul play. The UK is going after young hackers to try to convince them to come play for the good guys. I love seeing this. You won't be able to save them all, but I think the effort is absolutely worth it. Russia is going to use soldiers' genomes to map them to their supposed best-suited job in the military. Putin evidently also wants to use this throughout the country for everyone in order to make it easier to defend against bioweapon attacks, okay, and to um, find traitors who are pretending to be Russian who actually aren't. Hmm. A team of researchers has found a way to pair AESA radar systems and GAN ML algorithms to be able to detect to detect extremely small drones at long range. They needed a way to build training data basically for these detection algorithms. So they had the GAN produce those um, inputs. Super cool. Safe deposit boxes evidently aren't all that safe. There's been a lot of bank moves in the last couple decades. And as they move, right, they have to take all the stuff out and put them in. Evidently stuff gets lost all the time. And there's like a weird legal fuzzy area regarding who's at fault when stuff goes missing. And uh, this is an article from the New York Times about this Polish immigrant who had tons of like super high-end, um, you know, like artifact watches, uh, like real collector pieces. And one day opened it up, uh, his uh, de safe deposit box, and they weren't there. So he was super upset. And this is a big piece about that and how it's evidently becoming common. Advisories, ProFTPD, if you still have that out there, one, uh, why? But there are people have reasons, like, no joke, people have reasons. Uh, sometimes the user base only does FTP, and it would you would lose all your business if you tried to switch them to SSH. Anyway, if you run ProFTP, you should uh, update. RDP, whole bunch of attacks coming after RDP. You really want to uh, try to get that converted over to a VPN or, or SSH or some other solution if possible. Robinhood, which is like a free investing app, got compromised. And uh, Palo Alto had a pretty bad bug recently. Technology news, Starbucks is about to start delivering a lot more places um, using Uber Eats. Amazon has launched a new tool for optimizing your EC2 instances. Doesn't yet apply to GPU instances, but uh, pretty cool. I wonder if it offers you reservations. That would be nice. China is catching up on the U.S. and Russia in supercomputing. Uh, someone did a Google Trends analysis that evidently showed the U.S. economy is doing just fine and not close to a, uh, a recession of any sort. And someone did a test of 5G networks on uh, Verizon in downtown Chicago. 
they were getting like 1.5 gigabit and almost up to like 2.0 gigabit per second. They downloaded a full episode of Stranger Things off of Netflix in a couple of seconds. I think it's pretty impressive for this early in the rollout. Real question though is, what does that do to your your caps, you know, your bandwidth caps? Like, do you download a couple episodes of Stranger Things and now you're throttled down to 2G? Or do you start paying overages? You're going to have to solve that pretty massively. I mean, the business model right now is really based on caps. Human news, more studies are finding that strength training helps improve life quality and expectancy. And another study showed that uh, weight training grew neurons in the brains of rats. This is really, really cool uh, research here. Uh, they introduced inflammation into the brains of rats to stimulate or to simulate mental decline with age, right? And then they had another group do, do weight training. And then, of course, they had the control group. And then they sent them through a maze to see how they did. So the, um, the control group did the best, right? Because it wasn't, uh, it didn't get the inflammation. Both the um, inflammation group and the weight training group both got the inflammation drug to make their brains like old. Um, and what happened was the control group was doing the best. The inflammation ones did the worst. The weight training ones did just as bad in the beginning. After like five weeks of doing weight training though, the um, the weight training ones caught up to the control group and in some cases passed them. And when they did uh, analysis of their brains, they were growing like brain tissue as a result of just working out. And all they were doing is like carrying things on a treadmill. So they weren't like, you know, stimulating their brains. They were doing weight training. So uh, this is my analysis here, and this is extremely non-scientific and definitely not doctory in any sort of way. But um, my view is that the body has a capability to act young for a very, very long time. And if you simply tell the body that you need it to do so, that you need it to be young, it will, right? And if you stop doing young things like thinking and being active, it'll just start turning things off, like just start shutting down systems. Oh, we don't need this one. Well, we don't need this one, right? After around like age 35. And by being active and learning and lifting weights, you're simply telling your body and your brain, look, I'm still here. I'm still active. Please continue with the youth protocol. And that's, that's what I think the difference is. I, I think the body naturally shuts down around what? I don't know, if you go back like super far, tens of thousands of years into our history, the, the body's made to shut down around 30, 35, 40, I don't know, who knows? Hard, hard to say, but it's definitely in that range, right? Um, because that's when people actually were shutting down, right? That's when they shut down, so the body's used to that. But if you keep being active, if you keep acting young, and this is really weird, it's like fake it till you make it or whatever. It's like, you know, pretend to be a thing and you become that thing. Um, that's why I think it's so important to continue learning and to, and to stay physically active and continue lifting weights. I feel like when you lift weights, you're telling the body, I anticipate doing this in the future. So get me ready, be ready for this. Right. So that, that's just my personal theory. I, I think it'll be, you know, supported down the line, but until then I'm just a, uh, stupid it guy and you shouldn't, um, listen to my medical advice which I didn't give it anyway, anyway, so that's fine. All right, city killer asteroid just pa passed by us at less than one-fifth the distance to the moon. So this freaked out a lot of people because it um, nobody saw it coming. 
So there's some really big ones that can like end the planet and we're watching those. But this one could have like really destroyed a city. Very low chance, by the way, because most of the most of the planet is uninhabited. But, um, you know, if it hit a big city, it would pretty much decimate it like a giant nuclear weapon. So, um, yeah, they were just very surprised. And what they basically said was small things like this. It was only like 100 something meters across small things like this. You have to get lucky to see them. Like you have to get a good bounce off of of the sun um, or the sun bouncing off of it to be able to see it. Um, But yeah, I I think we need more sensors pointing at the sky and more ML watching those sensors. That's the way to solve this at scale. Endgame has passed Avatar is the highest grossing movie of all time. I don't know how Avatar got that ranking. I really don't. Just a lot of blue people. A study has found that when Europeans colonized the U.S., leading to or causing the deaths of around 56 million native people, it led to so much vegetation growth that it actually cooled the planet some. 56 million native people ended up dying as a result of European colonization. That is extraordinary. Um, but yeah, it, evidently, I mean, it was less cattle, less people, you know, and, you know, all the plants grew and grass and everything. Interesting. Um, immigrants and their kids founded 45% of the Fortune 500 companies. Ideas, trends, and analysis. Humans are gene bots, unpacking the evolution-granted bliss of prep schools and elite institutions. This is a piece I just did. You should check it out. Basically, humans are the mech bots that genes live inside so they could fight each other. That's the idea. It's getting harder and harder to extract clean, fresh water from the wells in the United States. And many are predicting that we're going to start having serious conflicts over water. Got some links here. Uh, Demystifying containers, Docker and Kubernetes. Depression and the solace of grinding in online games. Uh, People keep saying autonomous cars will be all over the streets within three to 10 years. I think it's going to be more like 10 to 20 years. I think our collective tolerance for mistakes where people get hurt are much too low for a really fast adoption. I think there will be some adoption, you know, it'll start happening. But I think, um, you know, people are going to get hurt. There's going to be mistakes. You know, people are going to go off cliffs. There's going to be impacts in the middle of streets or whatever. And there's going to be a whole bunch of laws that massively slow the stuff down. That's just my guess. Innovative cultures require discipline. This is a HBR, uh, Harvard Business Review piece. Really cool. Discovery. Does your leadership style scare your employees? The hours of the day that famous programmers get most of their work done. Someone got trumped to stand in front of a fake presidential seal that had an eagle holding golf clubs. (laughs) And in Russian, it said 45 is a puppet. Regardless of your political leanings, you have to admit this was brilliant. Price changes in selected U.S. consumer goods and services. This is a very cool visual showing how certain things like TV and entertainment and stuff like that just got super cheap. And then other things like education and healthcare are getting way more expensive. A collection of mental models, a really in-depth series on various attack techniques. This one is on recon and password spraying. Also looked at another one. It was about OSINT and uh, some other related recon stuff. Pretty cool series. 
and a pretty epic XSS payload. Notes for the week. I'm reading a book right now called Never Split the Difference, which is about negotiation. It's written by a decorated FBI negotiator, but it talks about tons of underlying psychology and the techniques that work in any situation. It is unbelievably good. Like it, it feels, it's so good that it feels a little bit naughty to be reading it because it's so powerful. You can just tell how powerful it is. They give some really cool examples. Um, actually, the chapters are him talking through real situations where he talks people down from like, you know, hostage situations. But then he translates it directly to regular interactions. It's, it's fantastic. Uh, so I figured out my audio issue. Oh, and thanks to Melody for that recommendation um, for that book, Never Split the Difference. Uh, so I figured out my audio, audio issue. Hopefully you hear this. It's fairly clear. Uh, it was super dumb. It was layer one, as we would say in IT. Uh, basically, I have a dynamic mic, which is the RE27 electro voice. And it means that you have to be very close to the mic and you have to be speaking directly into it. If you speak at an angle or you're far away, it gets you know exponentially less uh, content. So I was I was situated next to it, but I was at like a 45 degree angle, which means most of my voice energy was not being captured into the mic. And that's why all the post-production or whatever really couldn't help with that. So yeah, after killing some chickens, wasting tons of mana on spells, I spoke directly into the mic, which I'm doing now, and the quality went back up significantly. And that combined with some other tweaks, I really like the sound now. Hopefully you can let me know what you think of that. And I really can't wait for the Mr. Rogers movie. He's like a holy person for me. And uh, as an atheist, I think that's saying a lot. Recommendations. Uh, you should be following the Harvard Business Review section on leadership. Got a link there. And uh, Never Split the Difference. That's the book I just talked about. In the aphorism for the week, I visualize a time when we will be to robots what dogs are to humans. And I'm rooting for the machines. I visualize a time when we will be to robots what dogs are to humans. And I'm rooting for the machines. Cloud Shannon. All right. Thanks for listening to this episode of Unsupervised Learning. And don't forget that the show is both a podcast and a newsletter. So you can get more information about everything you just heard by subscribing to the newsletter or reading the blog posts for each episode. Also keep in mind that I do the show weekly, but if you're not a member, you're currently only getting every other odd-numbered episode. And if you want to get every episode of the podcast and newsletter, you can become a member at danielmeisler.com slash subscribe for less than a latte per month. Being a member will also get you access to the subscriber area of the site, which is the home for all previous member episodes, as well as other types of premium and experimental content. We'll see you next time. Thank you.